Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it is time for another Steelers preview. There's no game. It's the buy. The Steelers can't lose. Let's rejoice. Let's have some fun. That's the theme of today's show is let's have some fun. Joining me as always, Brian Davis and Dave Schofield. What's up, Brian? It's going to be like the good old days. We're going to party like it's 2019. <laughs> well, wait, 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 no, wait. Let me rephrase that. We might after party like it's 2019 oh, okay. you know oh, what i'm yeah. saying oh yeah okay the, the og uh youtube and uh facebook live we, we weren't even on facebook then it was just youtube and those old school uh people that listen to podcasts know all what that's all about but anyways dave welcome to the show hey it's nice to be back and here and i guess i wasn't gone from this show was i no you were, uh, there, you were here. good good to be with you guys i, I love jeff jeff sporting um of, of a thicker facial hair than than he has been more recently yeah. seems like he's letting it go and uh yeah it's that time of year i'm gonna keep it until they have a winning record so i'm gonna have like <laughs> uh i'm gonna look like who's the guy with the like, zz top eventually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know the funny thing about zz top the drummer that didn't have the beard his name was Frank Beard. Yeah, his last name was Beard. <laughs> I did not know that. You know, I saw ZZ Top once. They opened. I got really mad. I got to see it for free. I was at Nusher at the Civic Center in Wheeling, West Virginia, and Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top were touring together, and uh, they alternated who headlined, and that day was ZZ Top. But I got to see that show. Leonard Skinner killed it. ZZ Top, nah. Eh, 
Okay. Anyways. Hey, I want to bring this up. We're having fun. Isaac Aguilera. He is an OG viewer slash follower. He said blog talk radio. Still remember the poor sound quality. It sounded like we we're talking in cans to each other with strings in between. <laughs> Dave, you were on blog talk. Where are you? I didn't have my own show on blog talk, but I remember going in on blog talk radio. Cause I remember I was like sitting in my son's room to, to have quiet. And I was on with Brian and Tony doing a mock draft <laughs> and where both Brian and Tony had the Steelers trading up for Devin Bush and the, oh, they actually, they actually got it right. So that, that was when I was on, but was nobody could that. hear it. Cause we were on our phones and it was like horrible. Yeah. Oh yes. I had this headset. I had a headset that plugged into my phone. It was just awful. It was awful. <laughs> and Jeff, anyway. I, I'm going to make you smile because we had a sponsor. I'm not going to bring up the name of the sponsor, but the, the commercial always started off with <laughs> done something stupid. Who was the attorney at law? It was Frank Walker. Frank, Frank Walker. Walker, attorney at law in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thanks to Chris Carter. Shout out to Chris Carter. Now the Pittsburgh Post Gazette who actually got that sponsorship for us. Which, if you're listening and you have a business, I, I'll say it. I don't care. If you're listening to this show and you own a business and you want to advertise with Behind the Steel Curtain, you can. I'm, I'm being 100% honest. 100% honest. All you got to do, uh, you can email me uh, at bngblitz at gmail.com, and we'll start talking logistics. I'd love nothing more than to help promote some of our listeners' businesses. Uh, yeah, we'll talk finances and all that stuff, but still, yeah. Those good are good times. Frank Walker, attorney of law. Yeah, Done something that. stupid. We all have Frank. Come on. Don't, <laughs> geez, I need to get on that primrose path. All right. Let's talk some news before we uh, actually get into some of the real fun. We haven't, we have to talk about the trade. Uh, this, the Steelers big trade of, of chase Claypool to the Chicago bears for a second round draft pick. I just want to get your thoughts on it. Brian, what do you think? You know, I love Chase Claypool. I've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. But one of our narratives was, look, if you can get CMC, Chris McCaffrey type compensation form, which they didn't, did not, but they came close with that second round pick. Some of us said, well, if you can get a second for the guy, but that's never going to happen. Well, it did. Because one thing that I always say is desperate teams do desperate things. And I believe this became a war between the Packers and the Bears. And there's something real, there's a really funny meme or, or something on the internet uh, with about three or four different panels that I saw. It's the peanuts and it's Halloween. And there's the, uh, there's the one with the bears logo on like Lucy. And she goes, I got this. I got a tight end uh, being the, Vi excuse me, being the Vikings bears. I got a, a wide receiver. And then there's green Bay. And it's, he's like, I got rocks. I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dave, what did you think about the uh, Chase Claypool trade? Yeah, I think, boy, did the Steelers really take advantage of what was going on between those teams. I, did the Bears want Chase Claypool that bad, or did the Bears not want Green Bay to have Chase Claypool that bad? You know, the world may never know. Um, but uh, because of that, you know, it, it's... How many times have the Steelers signed someone, and Jeff has asked the question, who were they bidding against? Who were they bidding against? Well, when you are bidding against somebody, it takes a little bit more, and the Steelers got to reap the benefit from that. I like them having an extra second-round pick. That's something to be excited about. The thing that I'm leery about is let's see how the Pittsburgh Steelers actually are able to replace the production in the lineup. 
because you know you, you, that's that's the really the most important thing if you think about that is is where's is the production going to be there or is someone else going to step right in and be able to to give you the same kind of production are you going to see you know maybe just a little bit more targets towards Pat Fairmuth George Pickens, hopefully. I don't know. Does Deontay Johnson really need more targets? It seems like he gets 672 targets a game. Um, I, I, I don't know. But you know, some people are like, oh, well, yeah, you, you've got you, you've got Steven Sims. And do you realize Steven Sims right now has negative one receiving yards for the Steelers? That's yeah. what he has on the on the season on two receptions. So now it would be great if he could step up and do something, but I'd be like, I wouldn't be really excited yet about a guy with two receptions for negative one yards being the guy that's going to be the answer. I just want to make sure that the Steelers, who obviously had to feel like they could do this, I don't have as much trust in them as I had in the past because they've burned me some recently. And when you're two and six, your trust kind of wavers a little bit. I just hope that they can they, they can do enough with the rest of this season with what they have in order for that to really pay off. Yeah, it- I was doing my let's I was recording my let's ride podcast for Friday morning and I was with Jeremy Betts and he brought up and it kind of blew my mind. The fact that Antonio Brown, when he was the best receiver in football, now he was, he was a little nutsy. We know that a little He drew a third and a fifth. Yeah. Chase Claypool gets you a second. (laughs) I was going to ask you what's more valuable. He's nuts. I know that he's a third and a fifth or a second. Well, see this to me, and and if you listen to my Let's Ride, you know that when when I got to the Wednesday show, I was on cloud nine because it was something positive to talk about, in my opinion. I was so down in the dumps after Sunday's game. I was so frustrated, and it was just the same old crap, it seemed like. And this was like, wow, this is something new. The Steelers typically don't do this. They typically don't reap a second-round pick for a guy like Chase Claypool. Now we have a rooting interest outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Everyone should be Miami Dolphin fans this weekend because they play the Chicago Bears and you want that Bears to lose as many games as possible. You want that and 33rd pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like tank the rest of the season. So uh yeah, for me it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, the second round pick, I was so happy. There's no way. And there were people that mentioned me on Twitter, and I, I said this on my podcast about how they were like, Oh, what if we got a second round pick for Chase Claypool? And people r- ripped them to shreds. And I was like, you have the receipts. Go back and tell them to shut up. You know, they go back and say, look, like I was actually right here. And you said a day two pick, but you were really talking about a third round. Yeah, I know. So Steelers have four, four day one and day two picks. Like that's significant. That that is significant. You are rebuilding. They have as many day two picks as they have day three picks right now. Which that's what I like. Now, Brian, let me ask you this. I I asked this to to a bunch of people this week. Have you embraced the suck? Are you all in on the rebuild? Even though they still want to win this this season, we're not saying they're tanking, but have you embraced the suck of of the rebuild yet? You know what? I have and I haven't. And the reason I'm going to put it that way is because it's almost win-win right now in a way. Because let me explain that. Because if they go ahead and they have a horrible rest of the season, which I really don't think they're going to. And just because look at the schedule and we're going to talk about that. But if you, if they go ahead and end up with the number one or the number two pick, you, uh, you might get that, that kid Anderson, that could be the next great edge rusher. You pair him with TJ. That's amazing. You can get a great, a great pick. Not only do you get a great pick, then you get like the 33rd pick. And then if the bears stink, then you might have, 
two in the top 35. I mean, three in the top 35. Now, the last time they had three in the last the top 34 was 1989, and that didn't work out. But they got Cornell Lake at number two, though. That's all I'm saying there. But what happened was they won three out of the last four. I know people are tired of me saying that. But they won three out of the four. They dropped down to number seven. They got Tim Worley. They won two out of their last four in 2003 and almost dropped out of the Ben Roethlisberger sweepstakes because they were picking at 11, and that was an awful season. So if that happens, you've got two ways to look at it. One, okay, if they go ahead and they have a better draft pick because they continue to lose, you write it off as a bad season. If they go ahead and they go six and three down the stretch, which I'm not saying they're going to, but say they end up eight and nine and they're picking in the middle, they're picking 15 or 16. You're seeing that the writing on the wall is that this team is doing exactly what you want them to do every single week. And the reason you watch them, they're finding a way to win. They've got heart. They've salvaged something. So they're, there's two different ways to look at it. It just depends. Pick your own fandom is all it is. However you choose for this team to go, you might want that pick. But remember, that pick is a lottery. They picked a guy at number 29 named TJ Watt. So you can you can pick the right guy. It just depends where you are. But I'd love to see a number one pick in Pittsburgh or a number two pick in Pittsburgh. That'd be great. I would also love to see them get a number one pick and trade it for a couple other number one picks. I'd love to see something like that. But deep down in my heart, who is Brian Anthony Davis, I watch them every week to see him win. And I'm not going to be mad that they won a, won a football game. And if they continue to win and they show heart, I know something good's coming. That's good. No, I agree. Dave, anything to add? Well, I don't want to be a Mr. Correcty McCorrectorson, but TJ Watt was number 30. You were really close. Um, so uh, I, I was I was just waiting just for someone to just, slide. just you know what? Because if not, we're, you're going to go into the YouTube <laughs> comments tomorrow. This guy thought TJ Watt was number 29, but really he was 30. <laughs> YouTube comments are going to be like that no matter what we say. Exactly. Yeah, but you know what? I just told you. <laughs> an orange shirt. What's his problem? <laughs> By the way, it's the number, my son bought me this. It's the, he went to the University of Tennessee for a week this summer, and Ooh. they're the number one team in the country, and I hate Bama. So, woo! Joshua gotcha. Dobbs. Ramon yeah. Foster. Yep. Any other yep. famous? Cam okay, Sutton? Yeah. Cam Sutton. There you go. I forgot about him. Yeah. Um. I can't remember what you asked me, Jeff. I don't <laughs> I was, remember either. I'm, I'm, T. Martin. T. Martin. Don't bring that up. <laughs> uh, you could have Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about Tennessee Volunteers right now. Yeah, because um, yeah, I was just thinking, <laughs> Brian was talking about the, 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 the draft picket and everything else. Oh, about different things this season. About our, you know, where uh, you're looking embracing forward. Embracing the suck. That's yes, embracing saying. the suck. Can I go ahead and pose a question then? Sure. What is what is the goal for the last nine games for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Is it to go out and win as many games as possible, or is that goal to go out and and um, develop your young players, especially one Kenneth Shane Pickett, as much as possible over those games for moving forward, or is it a dual thing? It is simple. You want to win as many games as possible. This extra draft pick in the second round gives them an, a another option. So let's say the Steelers win six out of their last nine games. Mm -hmm. Not saying I'm predicting it, but let's say they do. They're going to end up with the middle of the road pick. They're very comfortable there. They've been there a lot. But what if the Bears really? do suck 
And they had now all of a sudden that second round pick is almost like a really late first round pick that changes everything. This team, because like I've always said, this is a, uh, we got some scammers in there. Someone get that. I tried to, I'm trying to block it. it, it, No, it's fine. It's fine. So I thought they were talking to bad. So, (laughs) (laughs) so for me, this offense in particular is so young. Yeah. And this is part of the rebuild. They need to see success. It's not just about yeah. development. They need to see success. Kenny Pickett needs to go out there and win some football games. He needs to actually pull through in the clutch. Think about the Miami game just reverse in the fourth quarter. Instead of throwing those picks, he's completing big plays, bringing them back to win. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an article that's going to be on behind the Steel Curtains website tomorrow, Friday at I think 815 by Kyle Christ, the host of what Yin's talking about, about how what the team's missing this year is their fourth quarter clutch quarterback. And it's yeah. he's right. He is and, right. And because uh, we talked about that leading up to the season, you know, do any of, the, of these quarterbacks have the it factor? That was the Ben Roethlisberger throw the team on yeah. your shoulder. Now, do you expect the Rook to have that right now? No. No. I mean – you expect it, him no. to get there. You know you what I'm saying? You expect him to get there, but I think that just right now he needs to see success. Yeah. So in week 10, if he comes out, Dave, hopefully you're at the game at Akersher Stadium. He comes out. He's looking good, clean product, good offensive line. They win the football game. Boom. That's success. Step in the right direction. And then you yeah. just have to continue to kind of manicure the process and help it become as, as good as it could be this year. And then that second round pick that I'm talking about from Chase Claypool could turn into something that – is really beneficial to this team as they continue to rebuild. And look, there's people in the live chat like, oh, you win win the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, you want to. Doesn't mean you're going to. Last I checked, six Super Bowls, that's the record for the most by any NFL team. This is not the Major League Baseball where you have the Yankees with 5,000 World Series wins and everyone else has just a couple. No, it's six. It doesn't happen. It's not easy. So, we're not saying that if we say well, you embrace the suck and you embrace this rebuilding, it does not mean that we're rooting for them to tank. Those are two different things, completely different things. Brian, did you want to say something? You know what? I, I just want to, you might've been going to this, but if it, you want evidence that the Mike Tomlin and this team are going to do everything that they can, it's bringing in a guy like William Jackson III. Is he yeah. great? No, he might not be. I mean, he might not be. You don't lose much bringing this guy in. You you don't lose anything at all. That's why I graded him an A, and I made that comment. I don't know why anybody's grading this a C, because there's really no lose in this situation. If it stinks, you go back to uh, you go back to a Kello. But if he's good, then you've got a decision to make about his contract next year, and it might be a bargain. So you have nothing to lose on that pick, but that shows me that they're not tanking. And I say this all the time. You're not going to tank. If you're a player, you don't want to lose your job to another, say rich Eisen calls me up and says, Brian, if this show doesn't get better ratings, I was going to jump. I was just going to come in and join your team and we're going to get rid of Hartman. And uh, we'll put, it'll be eyes, rich Eisen, bad and Schofield. And Jeff's going to be like, I'm going to do everything I can to get, well, you might just say, screw you, but <laughs> you know, you're, you're not going to do that to lose your job. I mean, so do you think that Dan Moore jr. Wants to, wants to tank so they could go ahead and bring in Pete Skaronsky from Northwestern? No, he doesn't. He wants to be Dan Moore jr. The guy that helped turn this team around. So 
that, that's kind of what I mean. They don't tank. They never tank. Tanking is what you want as a it's fan a that fan wants thing. that number one pick. Yeah, it's a fan thing. Yeah, it's a fan thing. And, but I now you... and I wasn't asking the question about tanking. I was just saying, what's your goal? Because how you do everything else that you know moving forward is as the organization, it's not like they're not going to try to win games. But the thing is, you might come down to a point of, well, this could really, you know, do you want to implement maybe a certain game plan that could really put your rookie quarterback at risk, but would give you a better chance to win the game? Those, you know, th those kind of things. I don't know that that would ever happen. I, it's just so, something, you know, what, where are you going? What, what are you doing? To me, the answer is both. You're trying to both develop your young players and win your games along the way. Dave, that was not a reaction to anything you were saying. If if anything, I probably yeah. wasn't paying attention. That was just my thought. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want people to think I asked the question thinking they, I was about tanking. No, and no. Let's, let's keep this in mind now, folks. Let's keep this in mind. Anything that we talk about, whether it's the rest of this season and then in the offseason, whether you're talking about the draft, free agency, there's a new general manager here, folks. This is a new player personnel department. That matters. And so when someone says, hey, if William Jackson plays out of his mind, if there's one GM in this flipping league that I'm like, they'll figure out the contract stuff, it's Omar Khan. <laughs> if they want to keep him, he will figure out how to renegotiate a two-year extension to minimize the cap hit in 2023 and it'll be fine. It yeah. will be fine. The guy's a master at kicking the can down the street. Go ahead, Brian. Absolutely. Dave, and if I can channel my inner Dave Schofield, uh -oh. which, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, Andy Weidel, if you're watching Philadelphia and you're loving what Philadelphia is doing, even if you hate Philadelphia, you got to admire what they're doing. He had some say in that. The mm -hmm. Steelers kind of have a two-headed GM because oh, they've, yeah. got, they've got a guy – in Omar Khan that knows numbers better than anybody, and he knows enough about personnel, but he's got the other guy that he could bounce ideas off of, it, and that or Weidel can come to him and say, "We should look at this guy. Can you figure out the numbers?" And I was like, "Sure, yeah, I think you're right on this guy." I looked at some tape, so you've got two brains, and Philly is undefeated right now. Probably going to win again tonight. Well, it's tied right now. Those red Dave, helmets are nice, but they're not going <laughs> to. You were going to say something. Um, yeah, I was going to say the thing with with William Jackson the third. You know, they can make it work if they want to go with the Ford. But bottom line is, what I liked with Brian was he said you gave up next to nothing. You're talking about swapping a sixth and a seventh conditional, not in 2023, not in 2024, but in 2025. Yeah. I mean, that's you gave up no draft capital. You didn't lose a pick. That's what I like. I like when they do the pick swap to where they don't lose the pick. Now, whenever they go to trade with other stuff, I like it when they gain picks. I like when they gain picks, but I don't like it when they give up picks. So I thought that was pretty nice. And, and th the only downside is how much he's going to cost them this year. Like he's costing them more on the remainder of his contract for this half of the season then, then Terrell Edmonds is, is costing for the whole year. You know, well, it's not saying much. Like though. Terrell Edmonds is making peanuts for a guy well, of his caliber. And of his, remember, 
Terrell Edmonds is making more money than people think because they look at his salary cap number on a one-year deal, and he's making more than twice as what his cap number is because of that special four-year player thing. I've talked about that a bunch, so we don't need to get that too much. But he's yeah. Terrell Edmonds is basically making the same as Marcus Allen. Um, I still don't understand how Marcus Allen is making that much. The Steelers released him yeah. and then re-signed him. Why did they re-sign him for the same amount? So I don't understand that, that. He could have that fake pun in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, no, but what I'm saying is they could have signed him at a much lower value. Um, I would love him on anything if they actually did. No one ever just reported it, but because no one cared. But um, and anyway, when it was, so the only the only downside with William Jackson III is how much they're paying him this year. Because what happens if he doesn't work out and he just doesn't see the field? That's a little bit of an expense for someone that didn't work out and didn't see the field. I am hopeful that that's not the case. I just want to actually see it. My biggest thing is, 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 is he the type of cornerback that's going to give them a little bit more freedom to do some of the things they've wanted to do and haven't had the players to do it? That's bold my predict, hope. Bold prediction, Dave. If you're at the game next Sunday, William Jackson the third sees significant snaps. I'm not going to say starts. I'm not that. I want to see him run out of the tunnel next to last, right before TJ Watt. We might. Let's get. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to announce the defense. They you will. They did the Watt offense last night. They did the offense. TJ Watt run out of that yeah. tunnel with him coming back. And that's what I'm. I, I want to go to that game for nothing else than to see TJ Watt run back out of that tunnel. There you go. Tyler W gives us $5. Thank you for the tip, Tyler. He said, Conspiracy theory. We got Jackson the third because the Steelers didn't want to appear to be tanking. That is a conspiracy theory. Hey, yeah. I have no problem with that. Because you know what? And Dave said something too, something else. He said the other C word, conditional. That's pretty nice because if he sucks, that pick that picks a whole <laughs> lot. You, you know, you don't you lose even less if he well, sucks. If he's good, you have no problem giving up a sixth. And and, and, right. and and like Jeff said, sometimes what conditional means is when it's two years from now, you could gain on a a, a different seventh round pick or sixth round pick both teams could base with dealings that they have as long as they still have control of a pick it might not even necessarily have to be their own i think is what that gives them freedom within that deal i'm not sure that's just a guess on my part all right so we're this is too much serious talk for this show it's supposed to be Steelers palooza we're going to take on the audio side we're going to be right back after these the messages from our sponsors on the odd here on youtube facebook whatever we'll be back in like three seconds Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, we are back. Second part, Steelers Palooza. We're going to have some fun. I thought of just all Steelers questions. I want to start with a game. I want to start with a game called You Choose. 
Okay, you choose. So you have to choose one or the other. This is not either or anything. This is you choose. So I'm going to say the name of two people, and you have to tell me which one you choose for whatever reason. It could be that you like this player better. It could be that they had better production, but it's your opinion. It is not anyone else's. All right, so here we go. Start it. You all ready? Let's go. Brian, we're starting with you. Bell or Brown? Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown, I'm going to go ahead and take over Le'Veon Bell. And here's my reason. One, I still – I. I know he was a monster before the hit. I met the guy. I thought he was a gracious, fun guy. And I I just, I think he's troubled. But I'm going to remember all those great days on the field that he gave us some, you know, just excellent moments. So I'm going Antonio Brown. And on a side note, I was in Cleveland last week. I was in a hotel and I had some time. And there was a rumor that in this hotel in downtown Cleveland, so close to the stadium, that they have residential there and that Baker Mayfield used to stay there, which I asked about that. They're like, no, that's not true. It was Johnny Manziel. And he was a complete monster, horrible person. They said all these terrible things about him. They're like, Hey, you know who else stays here? I'm like, who? They're like Antonio Brown. He's the nicest man in the world. He poses for pictures. He's awesome. I mean, we heard about all that crazy stuff. We see nothing about him. He tips. He's just a great guy. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to differ with you, but I think he's demons come out in really weird places with them. But I, I just won't, I'm not big on bell. Okay. Dave bell or Brown. Now there was no criteria for this. I was just supposed to pick one of them for anything. So it well, could be you, like, it, like could, more? Uh, it could be, it could be like, who would I rather, you know, birthday party, you know, I'm not giving you a scenario. I'm saying okay. if you had like, which one did you enjoy watching? Which one did you like yeah, more? It, I, I enjoyed Antonio Brown. I really did. I had the jersey. I had the Bumblebee jersey. Um, I, I, I still have the picture that I still swear he was pointing at me during the Detroit game. Uh, because how many times do you see a guy this huge wearing your jersey uh, 12 rows up right in front of where you score? So, uh, And he was wearing the Bumblebee jersey too. It was a great picture, by the way. Um, just He was exciting. My, you know, my, my kids, it was their favorite player. Um, they were crushed when he was gone. So that's when Jeff told me that his daughter's favorite player was Chase Claypool. I, all I gave him as a response was, oh, well, <laughs> my daughter, my daughter yeah. loves Chase. Yeah. So, but I mean, that, that was the, the same thing there. My, my daughter's, my daughter's like, he's dead to me now. But uh, while, while he was here, Antonio Brown was just so much fun and you could just count on him for anything. Yeah, I, I was going to go until AD. he didn't show up. <laughs> right. I was going to go AB. Just, I mean, everything he did was just remarkable. Le'Veon Bell was different, but at, he was not remarkable. Mm-hmm. Everything Antonio Brown did from the sideline catches, the immaculate extension, um, even the kicking the Cleveland punter in the face, the <laughs> sliding down the flag, the flagpole, you know, scoring a <laughs> touchdown. I mean, the, the helmet catch against Baltimore. There's so many yeah. moments that Antonio Brown has as a member of the Steelers that were just jaw-dropping. Le'Veon Bell is great. I'm not taking that away from him, but it wasn't close, in my opinion. It wasn't close. All right, next one. Debo or TJ Watt? Brian? I'm going to shock you and I'm going to say Debo. Really? I have, I love me Debo, and I have just binge-watched season one of Heels where he plays a professional wrestler called Apocalypse. It's on Stars streaming now. Um, it's it's He's actually fantastic. He's funny. He's, I had a chance to interview him. Not only did I have a chance to interview him, 
I had a chance to hang out with him at an autograph signing twice, one in Cumberland, Maryland, one in Beaver, PA. And it was right before I was getting ready to get engaged. And so this is the story. Everybody's heard the story about me having a urinal next to James Harrison and having conversations with him. And my dad's there later on my dad's there and he was saying some funny things um this is when they were like two and five at the time and i told him i was gonna get married and james harrison looks at me and goes don't do that no don't give her the ring i don't care how much you love her don't i mean no <laughs> don't do that you you can string her along make sure you're sure she might cost you money. And I'm like, I, so I went home and told my, my soon to be fiance that she's never liked James Harrison after that. <laughs> but, but me, I, I, you know, I just loved watching the man play. I loved everything about him. I loved him saying I wouldn't cross the street to pee on Roger Goodell if he was on fire. All right, Dave, Debo or TJ Watt. I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Um, Debo. It, once again, he returned to the Steelers. He wasn't even in the starting lineup, and they had him run out of the tunnel. I was at that game. That was the Tampa game that they ended up Mike Glennon. Anyway, um, that that was that was pretty cool. I liked when he came back. But bottom line is, he thought he was going to, you know, oh, he was promised all this playing time. You know what happened with? Remember what happened with Debo and the sleeping in meetings and all that? It's because T.J. Watt was too good, and he just took his job. T.J. Watt just took his job as a rookie and they couldn't even justify playing Debo anymore because TJ Watt was TJ Watt and everyone saw what he was going to be. Then my biggest thing with TJ Watt is we are still early in the story and I want to see that story continue the same way it has been and hope that it's not something that's, that's meaning what it has been up until this season. I don't want to see stuff like this season uh, continuing forward. I'm going to go with Wad. The, the way Devo left was, it kind of irked me. I understand how it happened. I don't blame him. Uh, but TJ Wad, like, there's just stuff that he does where you're just thinking to yourself, that, did that really just happen? Like, did he really just have that many sacks in a season? <laughs> I didn't even think that was possible. And yeah, so I'm going to go with Wad. But I still, funny story that it, I just always remember this video. Do you all remember the fan fest or something where, Ben Roethlisberger took Debo's jersey and his helmet, and he came out as James Harrison out of the tunnel when they announced him, and he had his arms all puffed out, acting like him and stuff. It's just hysterical video. If you nope. haven't seen it, you can find no. it online. It's so funny to see. I think I think James Harrison wore Ben stuff, and he kind of did, you know, turning around and pointing up and stuff. It was you don't have that type of fun anymore. It seems like with this current team, but anyways, that's not here nor there. All right, next one. You choose Super Bowl forty or Super Bowl forty three, Brian. This is a tough one, but it's got to be Super Bowl 40 for me because it was a long drought. It, it, it really was. That's 26 years, and I was so invested in this team for so many years. I was at three AFC championship games and saw them lose from 2001 to 2004. Uh, excuse me, 97 season, 2001 and 2004. Those are the three I saw them lose. 43 was awesome. One of my favorite Super Bowls. We just talked about Debo. We, I mean, we talked to Ben to 10 with San Antonio Holmes. But that game for me was the one that made me not just fall in love with football all over again, even though I never lost it. But it was, it was like a huge relief. It's, I mean, there's, I, I could say something funny 
not going to do that. But I'll say, watching that game with my family, and I remember I had tears and I was crying. And it, because I was so happy because I waited this for this for a long time. For those of you that really didn't experience it, but you live and die with the Steelers, you're going to get that. It might, who knows, it could be another 26 years. But when you get that, after all the close calls, you're you're gonna it's gonna be one of the greatest moments in your fandom. All right, Dave, 40 or 43. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm with Brian. I think 43 was a better game as the game itself. If I want to go back and, and watch a Super Bowl over again, I'm picking 43. Oh, yeah. But but 40 was that experience, and I've told it before. I don't I wasn't alive for and rem, and remember the the I was born in 78. How in the world that did any of those Super Bowls mean anything to me? I started as a Steeler fan under Mark Malone. To me, the Steelers were a team that used to be good and used to win Super Bowls, but not a team that's ever going to get there again. And that changed everything for me. I never believed my team would actually get there and win it because they already had their chance is the way I had lived it as a fan. I still enjoyed them, still wanted to watch the games, but I never believed that they were going to be the team to actually get it done again. They had they had already had their time to shine. So the fact that they got back there, I mean, even when they made it in the 95 season, I just, they were the 13 and a half point underdogs. I never actually thought they would win the game. I just couldn't believe they were there. But I'm like, this team isn't a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. So that's why it, 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 Became something real to me with Super Bowl 40. To me, it was just the lead up to Super Bowl 40 was just absolutely out of this world. I mean, you yeah. talk about the Big Ben era was in full tilt. Uh, I'll, I'll never for the rest of my life ever forget that divisional round game. That was that was kind of my Super Bowl. If you think about the run, <laughs> when they beat Peyton Manning yeah. in the and the Colts in Indianapolis, the fumble, the tackle, the overturned interception, hey. that game. The that whole lead up. Well, the just, overturn interception. I, getting, I have chills right day. now just talking about it. No yeah. joke. But just crazy. But it's 40 for me. The, the thing with that one is that was uh, if anyone was going to knock, if the Colts were going down at all, it was in that first playoff game. They rested their players the end of the regular season and had a bye. And I just, I, for some reason, I said, I think the Steelers can can catch them being down. If the Colts win this game, the Colts are going to roll roll through the Super Bowl. But the Steelers could catch them. And and as soon as they beat the Colts, I'm like, no one's beating them. I I, I was wholeheartedly believe they were winning everything from that point on. It, it, it was just a whole great experience. Yeah. All right. Next one. This is a tough one. Tomlin or Cower, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> well, that's that's like you know, picking between both of my grandmothers, really. I mean, I love both my grandmothers equally. And you're saying, which one do you like better? I, I feel like I grew up with a team with Mike Tomlin, excuse me, with Bill Cower so much more. Um, yeah. We, you went through all of that and that climax after 15 years or 14 years that finally happened in the 2005 season. Yeah. I, you just felt like you were a part of it. I, I really love Mike Tomlin too. Um, but if you ask me, you threw Chuck Knoll in there, I'm still saying Bill Cower. All right. Dave? Brian's got a great point. It's really close for me as well. I mean, I know we, we're going to have the people throwing the fit. Oh, why isn't he fired? Blah, blah, blah. But 
the only reason I give a slight nod to Bill Cower is because of the answer to the last question. What was of the Super Bowl 40 okay, over okay, Super Bowl okay. 43? That's so why. I to me, I, I tend to always lean on my childhood. That's when you started something. Mm-hmm. That was the genesis of my fanhood. I I did the chin, uh the 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 just his bravado on the sideline, chest bumping people, slapping guys on the shoulder pads. I'll never forget him talking to Greg Lloyd, rush the passer, you know, all this stuff. That spit. was spit. Oh, yeah. Stuffing the picture of have being called for too many men on the field into the uh, officials' pockets uh, before they go into halftime. Um, that, that was my childhood. And so I always tend to lean that way. And, and Mike Tomlin's great. I love Mike Tomlin, but. For me, it's Bill Cower. I'm also reading his book right now. I'm almost done with it. Um, I didn't know that. Did you know that after he stuffed that picture into the official's pocket, they stopped putting pockets on officials' uh, uniforms? <laughs> it's like the Mel Blunt and Heinz Ward roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> Calm down, Dave. All right. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know about the pocket thing. I yeah. Th- I, never I, mean, I, I know that's why they then made 12 men on the field being reviewable, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yes, yeah, so I'm reading his book too. So I really feel like I'm kind of in tune with what Bill Cower says and, and all that stuff. So I'm, I, I, I'm also going to say this. Another thing of why I give Bill Cower the, the nod is I actually like that era of football, the non-social media era. I felt like you could enjoy your oh, yeah. players without having every little thing magnified then. Um, so, which would, which was kind of nice. And, and Can't go back have, now. You have that line from the song that'll never change for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Cow or power. We'll get, get the, the job, job done. done. Then he'll win us yes, one, one for the Anyone that go. grew up in the Pittsburgh area during that time knows every freaking word of that song because it never changed. <laughs> Well, that part didn't change. The, they changed the names. No, they changed the, the names. It is like that one part never changed because they always were searching for the one for the thumb. It yeah. was always cower power. All right. Next always one. off somebody's toe. You just mm-hmm. threw the guys Exactly. Name. Yeah. Next one. Norm is Johnson. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the next one's the last one. It's the battle of the nice guys. Troy or Heath? Brian. Oh my gosh. By, by the way, I love this exercise. I could do this all night. <laughs> That's what I love Heath Miller, but <laughs> Troy Palomalu is. Did you just? That's what she said to me. You know, my fifteen-year-old son does that to me all the time. No, well, then I'm he gonna... has a good sense of humor. I'm glad. I he know does. he loves he loves the office. Um, so... Dave's out of coffee fit because of it. <laughs> what are you drinking there, Dave? What is that? What's in the cough, sir? I can't man? answer until I unmute. But no, if I get laughing too hard, I get a tickle in my throat, and I'm done. Okay, so Troy or Heath? Go ahead, Ryan. Hey, I love Heath Miller. Probably one of my favorite players of all time. But Troy Polamalu, there was everything about this guy. When you first heard him speak for the first time, a lot of people don't realize if you were a Steeler fan in 2003 and the internet was going, he would have been a bust. The internet was going, but we didn't have what we have yeah. now with social media. Um, he would have been a, a complete bust, and he was just a warrior. You know, he had a signature play that I never really ever saw anybody do, and they tried to shut that down too. It was the the timing, the jump, and that that leap was just absolutely amazing. I don't think I ever saw a guy like that. 
And I don't know if you're ever going to see one quite like him again with the entire package that, that he is. I even watched Moana because he was villager number two. He has like one one line in that whole movie. One line. I've listened to it a bunch of times. Like, okay, when does he talk? And like, you just missed it. Oh my gosh, rewind it. <laughs> Dave, Troy, or Heath? Um, it wouldn't have. In all honesty, it wouldn't have mattered what you would have said after the word "or." For me, it's it's my all time favorite player of Troy Polamalu. It wouldn't have mattered who you compared him to. It's Troy is the answer to everything. Yeah. Um, with with that for me, it's just the way I was a player when I played football that I mean, e- even one of my old coaches I, I talked to recently this summer was I I wasn't a uh, rah, 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 I'm going to go rip your head off kind of person. I was just the kind of player that I went out there. I did my job. I my job was to 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 my job was to block you. Your job was to get around me. I just needed to get my job done. Troy Palomalu was that kind of player to like the millionth degree. He didn't have to go out there yelling and screaming and whatever. He just intrinsically did everything that he could to give everything on every play. And then he lined up again and did it again. It's always Troy. Troy for me, uh, everyone thinks that everything that he did was just God given, which yes, he has a lot of God given talent. The dude also studied more than anybody else on the freaking team. If you read Jim Wexel's book, Paul Amalu, it talks, he talks to so many players that played for the Steelers. It said before tablets were really a thing, Troy had one and he watched film wherever he went. He was looking for tendencies. What did they do when they were in a fourth and one? What formation? That's how he learned how to time. Like he, he didn't just time the jump over the line of scrimmage. He knew what they were doing. And so he, he educated it. was, it, Troy wasn't perfect, by the way. Everyone, I think sometimes people yeah. think like Troy was, but no, he gambled and got burned on more than one occasion. But when yeah. he made a play, and this is why I will always take Troy Palomalu over Ed Reed, because that's the discussion. That's always the debate. People want to throw in Brian Dawkins, go for it. It's not even close. But anyways, um, Troy could make plays that in more than just one way. He could make plays in the back end. Do we forget the one-handed interception of Kerry Collins against the Titans in week one after the Super Bowl win? How about when he blew up? Um, oh, geez, who was a, a CJ2K? Yeah, in the in the. I mean, he just came like he was shot out of a cannon. He was he supposed to be the. the I, I almost said that about him. That play, he was the fastest guy in the NFL, and all. And it seemed like he was stuck in the mud because Dr- Troy Palomalu just closed on him and, and shot it and took him down the backfield. I mean, he he made plays in every facet. He played a linebacker. He lined up as a defensive lineman. Sometimes show me another safety that did that, at least in that era. And you won't find one. He's the greatest of all time. In my opinion, go ahead, Brian. I just want to throw this in. I was friends with an autograph dealer and they would, they would, you know, get these guys, they would take them to a hotel and they would just bring in all this stuff. And they maybe had two hours to sign and you had you wanted a certain amount of stuff. There was some pre-sale stuff that was personalized. And then Troy started signing. He signed his name. And then three crosses every single time. Three crosses. And he said, Troy, that's going to take you forever. He said, don't worry. You're going to get your stuff. This is what I do. Just like on the field when he crossed himself before every play. Yep. That guy, he was firm in his faith, which is absolutely fantastic. But it wasn't going to stand in the way of uh, – the guy getting the product that he needed that he paid for Troy was like, if I have to stay extra, I will, but you'll get what you need, but 
this is this is my stamp that I'm putting on it, and that's what he did. All right, that was all for you choose. Now uh, I have a couple other questions and topics I wanted to bring up that'll be fun here, and this will be these will be quick. Um, first, who was your first favorite Steeler? Now this is you know the Brian can go back into like the seventies and stuff. So who was your first favorite? Pittsburgh Steeler. I'll give you mine first. I'll go first so that y'all know. Mine was number 29, Mr. Barry Foster. I loved Barry Foster. And he was not a part of the 95 team. That's in Bill Cowher's book about when he left, went to Carolina. The dude was just, man, they gave him the ball. He just ran for days, it felt like. And he was just, a, he, was, he was everything. He did everything for him. And so for me, it was Barry Foster. That's probably not too many people's first favorite player, but uh, for someone my age, it definitely was. Brian, what about you? This is really tough, but you know, I would think that I would say Jack Ham because he was Johnstown and he was adaptable. I mean, he was accessible, and I wore his I wore his uh, jersey for. He was my very first jersey. My parents got it uh, for me at Hills Department. Oh, Hills, store. classic store. Hills. Yeah, best <laughs> snack bar ever, by the way. And so, anyways, but I there think... was a Hills in South Cumberland we would travel to. Really? Just to go to Hills, yeah. Wow. It was like in the middle of, of like, uh, it was so far away from every other store or anything. It was out there, and we would we would go there was, at a Christmas shop. Oh, great Hills, toy section. Hills was in South Hills. <laughs> yeah. But, but I would have to say it's a tie. And the only reason I'm going to say it's a tie is because I, can, I cannot remember. All I knew that when you were a Steeler fan in the 70s, it was Franco and it was TB12. It was the Blonde Bomber. It was both of those guys. I had shirts from both of them. I loved them equally. I don't know. I, I can honestly not tell you who I loved more. Okay. Dave, what about you? First favorite all-time Steeler. Or first, this, I'm this, sorry, first favorite first Steeler. Favorite, of- yes, this is going to be one that it's going to tell you right when I started being a fan. It was Louis Lips. Louis Lips. Nice. There you go. There that you was go. my youth league number. We were the Northern Steelers. I was number 83. And that was in 1987 and 1988 when I was in fifth and sixth grade. Were you bigger than Louis Lips in 87 and 88? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say this. I, I might have he said this. He wasn't catching passes. Is what no, I wasn't catching passes. <laughs> that didn't matter. They, they didn't give you position... <laughs> Um, dependent numbers. You could have any number. And but honestly, back when I played, you had you had to you had to have a certain weight limit in order to play. Not to touch the ball, like to do it around the air where they like do a red stripe on your helmet. You can't carry the ball if you weigh a certain amount. You you had to be under a certain weight in order to play. And when I was in sixth grade, I had to lose over 30 pounds in order to play against eighth graders. Jeez. And then I and then I grew another four inches uh, that next year and didn't even have a chance in seventh grade. So I, there was two years I couldn't even play youth football. That sucks. Yeah. Okay. This is this is right up Brian's alley. Oh. Wait, did you say yours, Jeff? Yeah, I started with Barry Foster. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just making okay. sure. Your favorite jersey of all time, Steeler jersey, obviously. What's your favorite Steeler jersey of all time? Like player. No, no. For me, I have a specific. I'll give you my answer first. I got it last time. I had because I was obviously it's you know it's Ben Roethlisberger because Mm -hmm. this was the only jersey I had for eighteen years. It was my first authentic Reebok Roethlisberger jersey. 
It fit well. It felt great. It looked great. I looked, I felt like I looked right in it. That's my, that was my favorite. Still is probably to this day. Still is probably my favorite Jersey. Uh, Brian, it could be a player. It could be a specific one. It could be a specific throwback or uniform scheme that you like. Which one's yours, Brian? But this is a guy that has 750 jerseys. That's why it's tough. This might take a while. Oh, no. I actually have have two answers. And the first one is one that Jeff Hartman was on a school bus with me heading to an aquarium in Baltimore. He That's where he taught me to whip the finger at M&T Bank yes, Stadium. I, and that's my all everybody in my family does that even the 13 year old i mean they they see the stadium they're like davis salute you know but anyways um so i i said to him i'm like and i had just started with btsc and and uh we were on the bus of chaperones and we were bonding and i said hey look at this you can get the batman jerseys and i'm gonna go ahead and get me a a tj watt batman jersey and i did and i always i just love that jersey because it's got long sleeves it's just a cool looking jersey i would love for them to bring them back um dan rooney would have never brought them back he hated them but i i just love those jerseys i like them in white too but i remember value city the first time i went and bought my own jersey and it was a yancey thigpen one of my favorite players um and it was an 82 and it was one of the screen printed ones. It, I still have it to this day. And I just wore that to play backyard football. had a lot of fun. I mean, that was just my Jersey. I, I just loved that more than anything too. So I would say those are my two favorites. All right, Dave, you have a favorite Jersey. Yep. It's my, well, we had to talk about earlier. So say, you mentioned one already. It's my Antonio Brown bumblebee Jersey. I love the Bumblebee jersey. I have it as Antonio Brown. We, My dad got me that jersey, and it was like the only one they had on, on the entire East Coast in that size. He didn't even care what player it was. You know, he just wanted to give me a Bumblebee jersey uh, that would actually fit me, and I got it. So this that might be the answer to the next question, Dave. Is that is Is that your worst jersey as well? <laughs> <laughs> because Antonio Brown doesn't play anymore. Like you're probably not going to wear that Jersey. Um, Brian, Brian's is going to be another one. Cause I bet he has some obscure uh, players. That don't no, play see, and that also is kind of like my worst Jersey, but honestly, I have some jerseys that were like given to me or, or, or things of like that, that, that don't fit me. You know, if, if I got to put it, if I've, if, if I've got to hold my breath, in order to try to stay in the jersey, you know, it's kind of like kind of like the one one coach I worked with. He's like, you know, uh, um, and, and Coach Tomlin used the same thing. He would used to say that about all the um, th- this coach would say it about all the linemen that would wear Under Armour. He's like, that's like putting 10, 10 pounds of sausage in a five pound case, um, uh, something like that. Was what I would look like in these jerseys. So I have some jerseys that are like that for me because they weren't because they they didn't fit, but but none other one, but none of the other ones is because the player was. All right, Brian, this is the one I've been wanting to hear you answer. Which is the jersey that you regret the most? You have 500 jerseys. Which one do you say, oh, I can't believe I bought that jersey? Well, the one I did not buy, and I'm actually kind of proud of it because it's Richard Huntley because nobody owns that jersey. Um, But I've got a Jarvis Jones. Oh, Do you have a Dante Moncrief? I thought you bought I one, didn't do you? do not have a Moncrief. I oh, almost yeah. got a Lee Blunt, but the guy screwed me and didn't never delivered it because he just took my money and, and left. So then I started <laughs> buying them on my own. Um, 
but yeah, that's probably I'm I'm looking, I, I'm sure. Oh, I've got a Duck Hodges jersey, but that one's just <laughs> that, that one's kind of classic though. Is it is it really? You should shut really about that thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait till he has his own movie. Wait, wait till the duck comes out on stars or on, on Amazon Prime. Um, but yeah, I want to go back to one of my favorite jerseys that I forgot about. I actually have, they're hard to find now. I have the 1994 only worn twice with this crest in the middle. The first throwbacks from 1933 or like the 1936. And it's a Dermani Dawson jersey because he actually wore that jersey. Yeah, that was a city crest, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I, I have to ask, do you guys have any NFL jerseys that aren't Steelers? No. Yes. I had, I had, I had, I, well, I still have it. It doesn't fit. I know. Me, but I, I, had I bet I know. I bet, do I know? Yeah, I think you I do. Think I did. Tampa Bay Bucks. Yep. Yep. I know. Mike Allstadt. Yep. I had a Dan Marino jersey, but I ended up giving it to somebody that loved the Dolphins more than I did. There you go. My worst jersey was Kendrell Bell. It was a gift. Yeah. He had just won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Everyone's thinking they've got their inside linebacker for the next 10 plus years. And he's gone. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I got to wear this for like two seasons. <laughs> That's my worst jersey. But and then I, I didn't get another one, though, so until Ben was drafted. And then all the jerseys I owned after that were just Ben Roethlisberger. Somebody gave me a Dolphins Pat White jersey, and I'm not a Dolphins fan. They just gave me a Pat White because <laughs> they just didn't want it. Okay, I don't want to go too long. Those were the topics I wanted to discuss. <clears throat> Brian, do you have trivia? I know Dave said he has a bunch of trivia. Do oh, you yeah. have anything you want to talk about, Brian? No, you know what? I didn't have trivia, but I this was my question for you guys was what is your favorite Steelers performance on either the silver screen, on TV, commercial? What's your favorite all-time Steeler in that arena? Man. I'm trying to think uh, of anything. I'll I'll go hmm. with because I'm, it's off the top of my head uh, when Ben Roethlisberger and the offensive line went on Monday Night Raw and uh, <laughs> they <laughs> went out there with Degeneration X and were crotch chopping, dude. So <laughs> I'll go with that because I can't think of anything else. Like I can't remember any Steelers in movies or anything, and I've never seen the James Harrison show that you talked about earlier. Oh, it's great! It's a pro, pro wrestling. Show. Yeah, I believe you. That's new. Yeah. Okay. Dave. Well, I'm well. The easy answer would would be uh, the the Dark Knight Rises, where they had oh, um, that's right. Everyone, even Omar Khan even was, in Omar Khan one. was in that. Omar Khan was in that. Omar Khan and Bill Cowher, and it, only time Hans Ward ever ran back a kickoff, or like <laughs> like his only. You know, yeah. Um, but but to me, I'm going to say you have the classic Mean Joe Green Coca Cola commercial. So, um, uh, but to me, it was the, was it, was it for, I think it was an IC light commercial, iron sea light with Elsie Greenwood and Burt Jones. It was like beer like from that. Miller. Yeah, or Miller. Was it Miller light? Yep. I didn't know. I, I couldn't remember what the, I wasn't old enough to care what the beer was. I just liked that it. it was Elsie Greenwood, you know, um, that's the one I actually remember the best. There you go. And mine would have to be. What I did not count him as one of my first favorite players, but he's all one of my all-time favorite players. I think the greatest stealer of all time in my mind is Jack Lambert with Myron Kennywood commercial. Oh, with the on the with the um, raging rapids, right? Raging rapids. Yeah, sure. Myron's got the ducky. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's a good one. 
All right, I want to get the super chat up here before we get to trivia. Tom Muir gives us $5, said my first was Greg Lloyd the year he got hurt. Second was Kendra Bell the year he got hurt. Emotional damage. Please stop buying uh, jerseys, Tom, especially if they're a current player. Uh, if you have a TJ Watt, I'd be very pissed off. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I don't know if you guys listened to the, to the whole part of the Scobro show, but that was the thing with Kyle. Every time Kyle gets the gets gets a, a jersey of a player, they end up not being with the Steelers anymore. The most recent one now is is Chase Claypool. So he said, if someone if they made such a thing, he would be willing to have a Matt Canada jersey. <laughs> I, I got to throw this in because somebody in our BTSC podcast staff has one of the coolest jerseys it's from the 90s it's block if i gave you 100 guesses you might have a hard time figuring out who it is but kyle Kreiss has an orpheus roy jersey yeah and it's really it's really cool yeah we it, some of my friends in college we would um from, from where he like would blow up people on the on the on the kickoff you know did um as the wedge buster with the, as the wedge buster we would we would look at other games and we're like, oh man, they just got a Orpheus. That's it was just the thing that we had in college because of the because of the Orpheus Roy Wedge Buster, which led to a rule it's change. Illegal, it's just illegal. Yeah, you're right. yeah. All right, Dave, it's your time to shine. It's trivia. Okay, I got a couple. Um, the the first one is we're going to talk about. Uh, let's see where where is it at here? Here, that's the wrong one. Oh, there it is. Here we go. The Pittsburgh Steelers picked up an extra second round draft pick by trading chase claypool so let's talk second round draft picks okay pittsburgh steelers all-time drafted players drafted the second round five people currently in the nfl hall of fame who are those five players say second say again, second, second round picks. draft picks of the steelers that are mm-hmm. in the nfl or sorry the pro football hall of fame it's not the nfl hall of fame it's the pro football hall of fame was swan in the second round no, he was in the first. Oh. oh, dang it! But the player from the second round in that same draft is HOF. Yep. If you know it, say it, Brian. Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert. Okay. Okay. So there's one, Jack Lambert. All right. So I'm going to jump in with another Hall of Famer, uh, 1988, Dermani Dawson. Dermani Dawson. And I'm also I I had I had another oh Jack Ham Jack Ham there's three 1970 or 69 or 70 I think he was 70 he was uh, 71 71 okay and so we're missing one more you're missing two and I will tell you they are before all the uh, all the other ones that you've mentioned uh, before, so they're from the uh, was Ernie Stotner one then? Ernie Stotner is one and. John Henry Johnson and maybe? John Henry Johnson. That Yay, is correct. Dad, Those job. are the five. Now there's also, you know, the Steelers have had a lot of great second round picks. I mean, they've also had some, some, um, some, some other not so good ones, you know, like San Quentin Colston <clears throat> bust. Um, I miss Tweed. Yeah. But uh, who would you say, and I'll go at based, you know, based on all pro selection, um, who are, um, who are the, who are the, Second round draft picks by the Pittsburgh Steelers that made at least one All Pro, but aren't in the Hall of Fame. Carnell Lake, Carnell Lake, he has the most Pro Bowls of any second round draft pick by the Steelers that's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, 
all pro players drafted the second round by the Steelers. Was Jeff Graham for another team? Because he was a second rounder. Did he make? I don't. Uh, he no. He didn't. He, Bears. He did not make. Well, I don't know if he did for them. Um, I'm. Per, I don't know if my list is only with Steelers or not. I'm not. It's by Pro Football Reference. I don't know. But according to them, they don't have him there. Um, as here, hold on. Give me a second. I can answer if he made a Pro Bowl for anybody else. Um, he did not. Okay. I know he's good for other teams, but I. Mm-hmm. Come on, Jeff. Think of your opening question for us. Gosh, I don't even remember his opening question. Okay. Oh. Kendrell. Made a Pro Bowl. Um, No, this is all pro. Oh, okay. All pro. Jeff, what was your first question of what we had to pick between two players? Second round, wasn't he? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Second round pick, two-time pro. all, All pro. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. You got Carnell Lake. You got Carnell Lake. You got Le'Veon Bell. I don't know that you would get Roy Jefferson. You know what? I should have. Roy Jefferson. But there's there's two that 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 you're missing. Think think linebackers. Gildan? No, Gildan was a three. Yep. Lamar Woodley. Chad Brown. Chad Brown has made two. Woodley was a good guess, but not Woodley. Just don't give the guy a mic after the AFC Championship game. Greg Lloyd. Oh, no, it wasn't Greg Lloyd. Sorry. No, he <laughs> was a six. Wrong guy. He was a six. Um, I was thinking Greg Lloyd's one to drop the F-bomb after the yes, AFC no, no, I was thinking of the wrong player. I was thinking of the wrong player. My bad. Wrong, Reginald, wrong linebacker. Reginald, I am lost. All right, he no, says com- Jeff looks lost. I am lost. I yeah, am, I, my mind is. Oh, okay, lost. here's your here's your better hint. Jeff has spoken to this player before. For let's ride. Oh, oh, Levon Kirkland. Yeah, it's Levon Kirkland. So he was yeah. he was the number two, he was the first number two pick of Bill Cower, yeah. and mm-hmm. he came after Leon Searcy in 1992. Yeah. yeah. So so there you go. All right. Another trivia, whole separate thing. Just something else I was looking at. On the Steelers' current 53-man roster, this isn't guys on IR. This isn't practice squad. How many undrafted free agents do they have? So not that they selected, but were just that, that were not drafted in the NFL. That they were that are now on the Steelers' current 53-man roster. I know of at least two. <laughs> I'm gonna say six. Uh, was, that's just a guess. I was thinking five. Okay, are you ready? Well, let's break them into categories: offense, defense, special teams. Special teams. Two. Miles. Christian, Christian Coons. Yeah, Christian Coons and Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell. Because I'm gonna ask you guys to name them. Oh, offense what? and defense. Each has six. Oh my gosh! Each has six. You want to go offense first or defense first? Let's do offense. The obvious, yes, Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Warren. That's the obvious. Yep. Gunner Ryan, o. You already said it. Come on, Gunner O. Gunner O was two. And Miles. No, no, Miles Boykin. Miles was, Boykin was drafted. No, he was drafted number two. Um, you said. I said him. Yeah. Because I don't count kick returners as special teamers. 
Steven Sims. Sims. Steven Sims. There's three. Come on, guys. It's the position where they love to find the diamonds in the rough is what the other three are. Would it be offensive line? Would it be offensive? Yeah, all three of them are linemen. Those guys are JC Hassenauer. JC Hassenauer. It's a center. Um trying to think of the other guys. Trenton Scott. Trenton Scott. Oh, I forgot. I forgot he existed. Yep. Um, and how many we have left? One left? One. And it's on the offensive line? It's on the offensive line. It's not the uh, guy they traded for yep. Minnesota. What's his name? God bless America. Um What's his Minnesota? name? Well, Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis. Oh, there okay. you yep. go. So, all, all right. right. Defense. defense. Six Levi, on defense. Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace. Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane. What about Malik um, Reed? Malik Reed. Oh, I think that's a good one. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Um, what about Miles Killebrew? Uh, no, he was actually drafted. He's a fourth he drafted? rounder, I think. Yeah. I originally was thinking Miles too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Millette. Mallet. So we have two left. Yep. Jimmy Pierre. James Pierre. Good one. If you want a hint, he'd been getting a few snaps on defense every game, but didn't get any last week in his second stint with the Steelers. Jameer Jones. Jameer Jones. There you go. There you go. He was back too. Yep. Gotcha. How am I forgetting this stuff? So there's your there's your undrafted free agents currently. You know, there's some guys that are on IR, like you know, like Carlos Patel and Hamilka Rashid. Got to say that one again. Hamilka. Stop. Hamilka. All right. Okay. Um, this was good. I, I think this was a good show. It was fun. It was different. It was just something to break up the monotony of negativity. So uh uh, do we need to do final thoughts here, Brian? I guess. No, nah, I, I don't think we do. I'm just, uh, just remember with this team that if you listen to our show tomorrow with Kevin and myself on here, we go the Steelers pregame show. Remember they're not going to do what you want to do. They're going to do something stupid and go out and win some games. Okay. Brian says he doesn't need final thoughts and then he gives you his final thoughts. So Dave, why don't you do your final thoughts and we'll be out of here. Hey, I said it on stat geek this morning. If you didn't listen to it, the Steelers had based on this year's current records, they had the hardest schedule so far. They're the only team to play both number one seeds in the AFC, and the NFC currently in the Eagles and the bills. They had to play them both on the road. Yeah. They got to hand it to them both games, but their schedule in the second half, they only have one team, one team that they, that they faced that currently right now in the NFL has a record above 500. And that's the Ravens who they play twice. Other than that, everyone else is either at 500 or less going forward. So does it mean they're going to win games? No, but it means they have opportunities to win games. So I'm ready to come back here next week and talk about previewing some games where we feel like the Steelers can go out there and get their stuff together and put up W's. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Steelers Previews. We get you ready for week 10 against the New Orleans Saints. Dave, I want you to send us out. Hey. See you next week.
everybody else gets a little tight. 